beloved novel finally gets the adaptation it deserved. Today I'm talking about Dune. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. movie friends welcome to scott's Self indulgent movie podcast i am scott and today i am talking about denis Villeneuve's uh part one of dune which i think is so gutsy considering that he didn't even he's just like well i got the money to make the first one no guarantee of the second i'm just gonna make the first one and assume that you want a second one and he assumed correctly at least in my case and they already greenlit it so fantastic but without further ado let's talk about this sci-fi adaptation that has been a long time coming the way people have been talking about Denis Villeneuve's latest, you'd assume no one had attempted to make Dune before. But that's obviously not true. David Lynch gave it his level best in the 80s, and Sci-Fi put together a miniseries adaptation in the early 2000s. And neither hit the sweet spot. The 80s film was widely panned upon release, largely because attempting to put all of Herbert's novel in a single film is madness, and the Sci-Fi Channel series is liked but lacked the budget to make the story pop. So a better way to frame it is that this is the first proper adaptation of Dune, with a trusted sci-fi director at the helm who guaranteed a two-movie approach to the dense source material. But does it live up to the hype? The film centers around Paul Atreides, a gifted young man from a noble family whose household has just been asked to manage Arrakis, a desert planet that houses the galaxy's most valuable resource, spice. But that's easier said than done. Not only because the natives of Arrakis, the Fremen, conduct regular raids against anyone who leaves the city, but also because the emperor and former rulers of Arrakis, House Harkonnen, seek to destroy House Atreides. So I had a blast with this. Almost all of the biggest faults in the movie are because it's only one half of a two-part story, and it's not a complete picture yet. Thus, the ending feels abrupt, and we only get one half of Paul's rebellion against the emperor. But here's what works really well, and here's the big reasons why. First, we have commitment to the concept. In isolation, a lot of the stuff in Dune is silly. The spice as a natural resource, the giant worms, and everyone's names are all peak nerdy sci-fi stuff that isn't everyone's cup of tea. Which makes Denis Villeneuve in the director's chair feel like a stroke of genius. First, because his filmmaking style blends so well with this material, and second, because you can tell he loves it. The movie is throwing a ton of concepts together, including technology, politics, prophecy, and new cultures, all at the aforementioned weirdness level. But whereas Lynch likes to exaggerate weirdness, Villeneuve likes to underplay and soft sell. So we've got a lot of pensive scenes where we take in the sparse buildings and the characters speak in hush whispers. Same goes for the earthy color palette and the dreams that feel like memories versus true hallucinations it makes it feel less theatrical and more grounded. Not to say this is the route you should go for every sci-fi material, but it works really well here. And the love from the material comes out in the details, how the first sighting of the sandworm is treated like a giant event, because it should be. And however, the matter-of-fact approach, and however matter-of-fact the approach is to the shield and blade combat, and how no one is cracking wise or overacting. It treats this beloved story with respect. And then we get into production design. Dune is an easy contender for a production design Oscar because holy shit, this movie and world looks amazing. 
The film does an excellent job at something the original Star Wars did well, make this world feel old and new at the same time. Ships, in particular the Dragonfly helicopters, have an amazing design and move unlike anything you've seen in sci-fi before, but all of them are covered in sand and look like they've been used for decades. Every building and piece of technology feels like this. The ships are unique, but they're covered in rust. Main cities look like ruins, but also feature technology we don't have. It's great stuff. We also got great action. One of the hardest things to translate from book to screen is Dune's action, which requires a mastery of ship-to-ship -ship combat, giant worms, and a unique take on hand-to-hand -hand combat with blades. All of which Velnu and company do a very good job of introducing without fully explaining, especially the blade combat. With Gout getting too into the weeds, the goal in any fight in Dune, with a few exceptions, is to get through your opponent's defenses and land a killing blow. And defenses in this case include powerful shields that most people and ships that have a blue glow. And by introducing the idea one time, we learn that anything that is either slow or powerful enough can cut through the shields, turning them red, and land the blow. It means every skirmish, whether it's a spaceship or hand-to-hand -hand match with shields, has easy color coding to indicate what just happened and how the battle is going. And the blade fighting in particular is very fun since people shift between daggers and swords at will and may take on hordes of people or single enemies. Belnu has said his second film will feature far more action, and I'm looking forward to see what that looks like. And we also hint at what's to come. Idea-wise, Dune is both vague and on the nose because it's a riff on the Chosen One narrative, in this case literally the One. But what I like about it is that Paul's destiny is treated like a series of sliding doors, hence being able to travel through time and space. Some of his dreams come to pass, and some don't. Some he embraces, and some he refutes. Likewise, some are immediately convinced that he is the prophet, while others don't believe it. There's a lot of uncertainty moving forward, and it feels like Paul has a number of choices to make, including the one he makes towards the film's end that will determine his path. He's chosen, but his path isn't set. The verdict is, it's a great start. Dense, pensive, but accessible, Dune Blades blends great world-building and production design for an intriguing start. 8 out of 10. This has been Scott's Off Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.